Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And I'm not going to lie, after the last two weeks of appearing basically everywhere that I can think of online, on podcasts, on shows, and elsewhere, I was thinking to myself that today might be a day when I don't make a video for virtual legality. Alas, the video game industry had other ideas for me, as you can see from the thumbnail to this video and the logo on your screen. Bungie, makers of Halo back in the Microsoft days, and Destiny, more presently, is set to be acquired by none other than Sony, of course, the hardware manufacturers of the PlayStation. And we have a lot to talk about with respect to the description of this deal. Before we get into it, though, I did want to make a significant announcement that I'll probably talk about a little bit more as we go on this week and next here in virtual legality. And that is I will be, at least for a time, joining the BitCast podcast as their fourth panel member slash host for the time being. If you didn't catch my world tour talking about Microsoft and Activision, BitCast is a channel that is focused on intelligent unbiased conversation about video games. We have tremendous rapport, in my opinion. Please do check it out, and please do note, you can check out the video appearance that I made about eight days ago in this space right here. I will link it in the description, and if you're interested in seeing me over there, it'll be every Sunday. They've got 9,000 or so subscribers right now. Go over there, subscribe. If you love virtual legality, you're going to hear the same kind of analytical discussion about the industry that you love over there. Let's see if we could drive them over 10,000 subscribers in a snap. I think that would be great. And I look forward to seeing you over there. Now, in respect to the deal in front of us, I think it's worth noting that Bungie has been a frequent guest visitor here in virtual legality, going all the way back to episode number 13. Who can even remember that? Look at this terrible font work and everything else is a part of this thumbnail. Realizing their destiny, Bungie splits from Activision. This was one of the very first major sets of documents that I reviewed for the channel, and I noted that they wound up making a $150 million bet on themselves. Now, when we get to looking at the numbers here, you'll see how small of a number that, in fact, is. But one aspect of that deal that's important to note is that Activision never owned Bungie. Bungie has had a long and somewhat fraught history with working with business partners and owners, including Microsoft and Activision. But they were so kind of prickly about that ownership question after leaving Microsoft that they never entered into any kind of equity position agreement with Activision. It was only ever a publishing agreement, a very long-term one. But buying themselves out was not buying their company away from Activision as much as it was buying their rights to destiny away from Activision. So that number, while small compared to what we're about to talk about today, isn't actually the whole picture for the company itself. We also saw repeated talks about Bungie potentially getting bought up, including going back to the mothership in Microsoft. And we talked about how when they denied that they were talking to Microsoft, it wasn't actually an effective denial. We do a lot of talk, obviously, about corporate messaging here, but it never kind of rang the truth bell to me that they weren't in talks with basically everybody as most of these video game companies are, and certainly now in 2022, with Activision being bought up and now Bungie being bought up, every single company in this industry should be getting on phone calls, having boardroom discussions about what it might take for them to sell or what it might take for, on the other side of the coin, 
than to buy another industry participant. So when you think about these things and you hear these rumors and you see these denials, understand that everybody is talking to everybody at a certain fundamental level. That's their job. We also saw me complaining about the way that Destiny actually operates, their vaulting mechanisms, taking away content that people have actually purchased. If you love the Destiny product, I think you are more in favor of this than someone like me who only likes very specific aspects of Destiny, including Forsaken, which is going away very, very soon. And we'll talk about Vault a little bit as part of this deal because additional resources could potentially change the metrics and calculations that went into this but also whether or not Sony can actually control what Bungie does is an open question after reading through the documentation today. So keep all of that in mind. And finally, we saw IGN report on cultural issues at Bungie. And we analyzed that article. We found some fault with it, but certainly there are things to take note of. And one could argue that Microsoft buying Activision and its cultural issues was effectively matched today by Sony announcing that it's purchasing Bungie and its cultural issues. Although I don't think it's fair to put them in the same bucket, which leads us to today. Sony Interactive Entertainment to acquire leading independent video game developer Bungie. And note the work that the word independent is doing here in this headline. And as we will see in the press release itself. So let's look at the press release itself. Sony Interactive Entertainment LLC, SIE, announced today that it has entered into definitive agreements to acquire Bungie Inc., a premier independent, there's that word again, video game developer and longtime partner of SIE that has created some of the video game industry's most highly acclaimed franchises, including Halo and Destiny. Now, why there's no love for Ori or Myth or Marathon, I don't know. Now, of course, I do know Halo and Destiny are their big ones. It's interesting to note that they use the word Halo here, the franchise Halo, when one of the intellectual properties that Bungie most definitely does not own is the Halo intellectual property, which is, of course, owned by Microsoft and being run by 343 Industries as of today's date. But you can also see a couple of other things popping out even in this first sentence. First and foremost, if you've been in virtual reality for a while, you know this already. It's important to note that entering into a definitive agreement does not mean that the sale has actually happened. All that has happened as of yet is that Sony and Bungie have agreed on pricing terms, agreed on what this thing should look like when it's done, and definitely agreed on some kind of contractual commitment to independence that we'll talk about as part of this video, but they still haven't signed it. They still haven't closed the deal. The transaction hasn't been completed until a number of other conditions are met, including, as we've talked about in other contexts, including Microsoft and Activision, the regulators approving of the deal, which I don't believe will be a problem, but we can talk about that as well when we get to them talking about it. We also see SIE refer to Bungie as a longtime partner. And that's interesting. I don't know how you all envision the Bungie-Sony relationship, but I don't think of them as a partner to Sony in the same way that I thought Insomniac was, for instance, before Sony acquired them. I look at the phraseology here as effectively a rhetorical device. Sony, it's important to note, always likes to say that it's acquiring companies that it has worked with in the past, that its growth is organic, that it's doing what makes sense to it. 
as opposed to Microsoft opening the money cannon and buying up these massive publishers that maybe Microsoft doesn't have as close a connection with. So I think what you're seeing there is rhetorical tech from Sony that effectively says, well, we all know Bungie's been a longtime partner of ours. This is the same kind of thing as Insomniac when, in all honesty, it really isn't, especially given Bungie's history of being a Microsoft wholly owned subsidiary not all that long ago. I know video gaming moves fast, but it's still within the 21st century that Bungie was owned by Microsoft. Uh, so when we look at these things, I don't really think of them as being as closely tied to Sony as some other companies would be. But it is important to Sony to present like they are. This acquisition will give SIE access to Bungie's world-class approach to what? Game design? Content? No. Live game services and technology expertise furthering SIE's vision to reach billions of players. So we begin to see in this opening paragraph what each side thinks they're getting out of this. And from the Sony side of things, Sony hasn't had a good connection to live services game creation before now. And Bungie, whether or not you think they're doing Destiny well, is still one of the few companies that has had some success with this live game services model at the AAA console gaming level. So one of the things that Sony is purchasing here is institutional know-how, technological expertise, and potentially the ability for Bungie to drop in and help Sony do whatever it's seeking to do outside of that situation with live game services in a different context. That's what they say they are buying. That's what they want their investors to know they are buying in this opening paragraph of the press release. Here's where the rubber hits the road, and this will definitely be the main subject matter that we discuss in this video. Bungie will continue to operate independently, maintaining the ability to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play. Now, this is odd. So if you don't know, I'm a mergers and acquisitions lawyer. I do venture capital, business transactions in general. I've done a lot of acquisitions in my time, in my career. And I don't know that I have ever seen a purchase that says, after we're done buying you, you get to operate independently and maintain your own unilateral ability to self-publish your content and decide what markets you're selling into. Now, at the end of the day, Sony could, of course, presuming there isn't a contract problem with this at some point in the future, change how things operate. But in order to get Bungie to sign on the dotted line to this transaction, Sony apparently had to promise them that they would have full and final creative authority around how they operate. And if you're familiar with Bungie's story, that might not come as much of a surprise. We talked about it a little bit when we were going through the number of videos that have appeared on this channel regarding Bungie. But Bungie does have a fraught history with working with ownership, being told what to do. It's official, says Wired, as of October 5th, 2007, Bungie is splitting from Microsoft. And then only a few years later, a decade or so, Bungie split up with Activision, keeping control of their destiny. That's that $150 million bet that we saw. So one version of events that you could look at and how Bungie operates might be to suggest they're a little bit tricky to manage, that they are that actor that wants to talk about the script and make changes and won't come out of their trailer unless they get some portion of what they want. And Microsoft learned that, Activision learned that, and one would imagine that Sony will learn that in the future. So this is a giant bet 
Because instead of saying, okay, we'll work with you and we'll figure it out together, Bungie apparently had the leverage in this scenario to say, well, we'll sell to you. You'll give us the resources we need to make our games and you'll get the profits from those games. We won't be participating in that. We're essentially exiting for the money that you're going to pay us for our company now, but we're going to be in charge. We're going to decide what the next game is that we make, what that script says, where it goes, who it's sold to, including your major hardware competitors. And you're going to have to be okay with that or we won't sell to you. Apparently, Sony was okay with that. And understand that this is part of an environment in which Microsoft has bought Activision and the biggest first-person shooter franchise in AAA console gaming on the planet Earth in Call of Duty. Now, we've already analyzed this space that Phil Spencer at Xbox has said he would like to see Call of Duty continue on the PlayStation platforms, and we don't know exactly how sincere to take that. I'm more inclined to find that sincere than my commenters and some others that have analyzed that particular statement. But what we do know is that there's no guarantee that Call of Duty will appear on the Sony platforms in the future, and that if Sony were to just stand pat and not do anything to develop first-person shooters or anything to compete with that franchise on its own, it would be in a very, very, very poor position of leverage when push came to shove in those negotiations. Having Destiny, having Bungie under their Sony umbrella helps them have leverage in that conversation, at least if they can do something to control what Bungie does. So we'll talk about how this might work a little bit more as we go on, but that is so worthwhile to note and so, so bizarre because when you spend money buying a company, I tell my clients this, I've talked to other sides, I've talked to opposing counsel on this, when somebody spends money, they're buying something. And generally speaking, that's control of the entity that you're giving up. Here, that doesn't appear to be the case, at least for some time. Now, what's Bungie doing? They say, currently the team is focused on the long-term development of the hugely successful Destiny 2, expanding the Destiny universe, okay, we know that, and creating entirely new worlds in future IP. So presumably Sony got to see some portion of what they're working on right now, and that also helped drive this deal. The total consideration of this transaction is 3.6 billion US dollars. Obviously, much, much smaller than the just under $70 billion transaction that was required for Microsoft to buy Activision. And also note the following, that's inclusive of purchase price and committed employee incentives. So we're guessing because they don't give us specifics here. Note what they don't tell us. They don't tell us how much is in cash. They don't tell us if that's going to have to be earned out at all, meaning it will be paid out only if certain conditions are met on sales or revenues of Bungie after the purchase. We don't get any details like that. We just get a top line number. And that isn't even the top line number just for buying the equity of the company. It's inclusive of employee incentives, which likely aren't materially changing the top line $3.6 billion. But it's worth noting, indicates that they needed to put some money in place to make sure that the leading lights at Bungie stayed at Bungie. Because one of the biggest risks you have when you purchase a company is if it's based on creative output, that those creators take their money and they say, thank you very much, and they get out the door as soon as possible after the transaction takes place. So by referencing committed employee incentives right now, one of the things that Sony is signaling is that they have put executive employment agreements, key employee agreements, whatever that might be in place or are going to as part of the conditions to close this transaction that incentivize those people to stay with cash dollars, with money. 
And that's a part of that $3.6 billion top line number. But we don't know how much is cash. We don't know how much is equity. We don't know what this deal looks like other than it includes committed employee incentives and is subject to other adjustments. Then we get some quotes. First, we get the quote from the president of Sony itself. Bungie has created and continues to evolve some of the world's most beloved video game franchises. And by aligning its values with people's desire to share gameplay experiences, they bring together millions of people around the world. As part of our purpose to fill the world with emotion through the power of creativity and technology, we will utilize the Sony Group's diverse array of entertainment and technology assets to support further evolution of Bungie and its ability to create iconic worlds across multiple platforms and media. Put a pin in that because I would argue that's the driver that got Bungie to sign on the dotted line. Bungie, already skittish from working with Microsoft, already skittish from working with Activision, not so sure that it wants to be a wholly owned subsidiary of anybody, was clearly part of discussions with Sony and Sony said, well, you know what we've got? Have you seen Tom Holland? Have you seen Mark Wahlberg? Have you seen the movies we're making with our properties? Have you seen the music that we can get out there through our music division? Do you know what we can leverage here at Sony that you can't leverage on your own? Not without a massive, massive risk of all the equity you've built up in your company over decades. You know what we can do? We can make you movie producers. We can make you multimedia stars. You want to be the MCU? You want to be Marvel? That's what we want for you too. And Sony's the best place to do it. So Bungie looks at this and says, hmm, we do want to be that. We do want there to be a Destiny TV show, comic, book, movie, lunchbox, and more. We do want there to be all of that for whatever the next property is. We want to be Marvel of gaming. And Sony, apparently very convincing in the room, made Bungie believe that that was possible. Whether or not you think that's possible is another question, frankly, and leave your opinions on that in a comment to this video. Then we get Jim Ryan, the president of SIE. Here's the PlayStation guy. We've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise. Again, they want you to know when we acquire these companies, we were already related to them, even if it doesn't feel quite like other acquisitions Sony has made in the past. And I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome the studio to the PlayStation family. This is an important step in what? Our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. Now, that's an interesting sentence, right? Destiny's already on PlayStation. What are you talking about when you talk about those things? Well, one, you're talking about the live services. You're talking about the technology that you mentioned in that first paragraph to this press release. But are you perhaps talking about more? Are you talking about Spartacus? Are you talking about trying to organize your troops and your studios to make your version of Game Pass actually competitive with what is looking to be a juggernaut? now that Microsoft has purchased both ZeniMax and is looking to finalize a purchase of, acquisition, of Activision in the future. So when they talk about a much wider audience, keep track of those kinds of quotes because that might not be limited to PlayStation and the walled garden and the plastic box under your TV that we know so well. This is all aligning to something greater. And look out if the big tech companies start to get involved because this acquisition frenzy might only be getting started. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to the studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow. And I only highlighted that there, not because it's new information. We've seen it now in a couple of places in this press release. But to note, when you have quotes like this, when you have a press release like this, it's a proved 
by both sides. That's a part of the merger negotiations. It'll say both sides will get to sign off on the press release we put out here. So it's clear one of the things Bungie wants known again and again and again is that they ain't given up their independence to be purchased by Sony. And that makes this bet so much bigger than just $3.6 billion in either cash or equity on the part of Sony. Because if they can't control what Bungie does, Bungie has the full power, authority, and ability to completely go off and do whatever it is that they want, whether or not it helps Sony's bottom line, at least for a time. We probably aren't going to get to see the contract that actually makes this possible, right? Bungie is going to operate independently, but they're going to be owned by a different shareholder. And that shareholder will have had to agree contractually to not exercise its rights in certain respects that a shareholder would otherwise have the right to do, including getting rid of the board, mandating that they operate in a different capacity because shareholders are where the power in a corporation is set to ultimately lie. But Sony will have given up some of that in order to get Bungie to sign this contract here. And that makes for such an interesting state of affairs. Finally, we get the quotes from Bungie in SIE. We have found a partner that fully supports us and wants to accelerate our vision of creating meaningful entertainment experiences. Note the limitation there not being to video games that span generations. I think of generations in this context as console generations. Maybe they actually mean people generations. It's hard to say. All while valuing what? The creative independence. Every single party talks about independence. That is the heartbeat of Bungie. We will continue pursuing our vision of one unified Bungie community, which in press release form looks very much like they intend to continue supporting Microsoft and Steam and everywhere else, building games that value our community and meet them wherever and however they choose to play. Both Bungie and SIE believe that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IP will become. We're not a video game company. Our original universes have immense potential. Note the use of the word universes there. As we know right now, Bungie really only has access to one modern universe. I joke about Marathon and Myth and other games that they've made, but realistically, they have the Destiny universe under their control right now, and that's it. One does wonder how great whatever they're working on must look to get Sony to also commit to this, but I think if you want to be an optimist, it must look pretty darn good in order to get $3.6 billion out of an entity that won't be able to control your future direction if we are to believe what is stated in these press releases. Our original universes have that immense potential, and with SIE's support, we will propel Bungie into becoming a global multimedia entertainment company dedicated to delivering on our creative vision. They have either visions of grandeur or delusions of grandeur, depending on how you feel about this kind of thing. But Bungie is entering into this deal because they don't want to just be a video game company anymore. Post-acquisition, Bungie will be an independent subsidiary of Sony Interactive Entertainment run by its board of directors, chaired by Pete Parsons and Bungie's current management team. Another way to read that sentence is nothing will change. What did Sony buy for $3.6 billion? Access to their know-how and control of the profit distribution and revenue streams. And that's it. And if Bungie wants to operate in a different capacity than Sony would otherwise have them, at least according to all of this, Bungie can do that. Sony's betting that they won't. Sony's betting that this is worth it even without that control. And I don't know that I have ever seen a company take that kind of bet. Finally, the transaction is subject to certain closing conditions, as we've talked about in the past, third-party contracts, consents, 
and also regulatory approvals. Now, we've obviously spent a fair amount of time here in virtual legality talking about whether the FTC or the DOJ might step in to intervene with the Microsoft transaction. I think it'll get a second look. I still think it will pass through, but there could potentially be a problem in that particular deal that I just don't see manifesting itself in a $3.6 billion deal, which can clearly be argued is a response to Microsoft spending $100 billion over a three-year period, and which at the end of the day is the acquisition of a company that right now only makes one game on the market. And if you don't play Destiny, I'm not sure what kind of relationship you have with Bungie. I enjoyed Destiny for a while. I cut them off when they started vaulting content that I had paid for. I don't play it anymore. It'll be interesting to see whether with the resources of Sony, Bungie changes its stripes on any of that. Uh, But certainly if they have full creative control at the end of the day, I don't know how Sony could force that issue, even if they were inclined to do so. Now that's all the detail we have from the official press release. You can look at the Sony investor relations page. They haven't even put anything up on this as of right now, but we do have some statements from Bungie itself and we start to get a little bit more clarity. The two biggest things we saw reading between the lines in the press release, which is that Bungie is independent and Bungie really, really, really wants to be more than a video game company. So let's see what they say in their version of the press release, talking to ostensibly their customers rather than investors that might otherwise be interested in Sony and how it's doing. First, they say, we must bet big. We saw that with their Activision separation, finding $150 million just to get out of that deal in order to devote themselves to building Destiny in the way that they wanted. In SIE, we have found a partner who unconditionally supports us. Now, that isn't true insofar as there's conditions to the closing and there are limits to whatever contractual arrangement Sony would enter into with Bungie, but it's an interesting way to phrase this. A lawyer looks at this sentence and recoils. (laughs) You can't be entered into a business relationship with someone else on an unconditional basis because if they go absolutely crazy and they would otherwise scuttle your goodwill making games that are completely unsaleable, then you'd have to do something about it. But this statement isn't written for lawyers, so we don't have to read it that way. Unconditional support, unconditional love always just means, rhetorically, a very high level of support. So we'll read it that way instead, with Bungie saying Sony is that partner who will accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment while preserving our creative independence. Like us, Sony believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IPs can become, right? You can almost hear these conversations in those boardrooms and those Zoom calls about Sony pitching what it can do with movies and television and more, that that's what Sony has in its back pocket to sell to a company with visions of the future like these. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering iconic franchises that unite friends around the world, families across generations. Well, there's your cross-generation talk of actual people and not just consoles. And fans, where? Across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums. We have no intention, says Bungie, reading between the lines of their first paragraph, of doing anything to take anything away from anybody. We want to be on Microsoft, we want to be on Steam, we want to be on Sony, and just like we talked about in virtual legality with respect to Call of Duty in particular, that makes a lot of sense for a live services game that lives on selling you expansion packs and selling you Eververse dust and getting you to buy things on a continuous basis where you have cross-play 
and cross progression and a large audience that helps keep all of that moving, keeps that engagement high and sells more dollars into that ecosystem. There is an advantage, a network effect to being on multiple platforms. And Sony will collect that money as they own Bungie after the transaction is closed. They just won't be able to prevent Destiny and potentially the next big thing from Bungie going over to a competing platform. We are entering into a new era of how these companies intend to compete. And it is much, much, much less focused on those plastic boxes under your TV. And I'd pay very close attention to how this all interacts with whatever Sony's Game Pass competitor winds up being. Today, Bungie begins our journey to become a global multimedia entertainment company. Hey, I got to tell you, I like ambition. I like Bungie just going out there and saying we want to be Marvel. We saw what they did in 2005 and 2008, and there's no reason we can't do it because we're just as creative as those comic book writers. I love it. I love the ambition. Do I think it's particularly likely with the storytelling and other things that Bungie and Destiny are doing today? I do not. But you know what? If you are an optimist on this, there's nothing more I'd love to see than success out of these kinds of transactions. So more power to you. With SIE, the potential for our universes is unlimited. Our future games will take bold steps into unexplored spaces for Bungie, continue to push the boundaries of what is possible, and will always be built on a foundation of creating meaningful lifelong friendships and memories. This is interesting because, of course, Destiny is, at its DNA core, a Halo game. It has a lot in common with their most famous product, Halo. Uh, and so if they're telling you they're going to go in a completely different direction, that's a very interesting thing to state. And certainly if that's already in process to a significant degree, that's what Sony would have seen before entering into this document. And that's interesting in and of itself. We remain in charge of our destiny. And this links to a fact that I will also be going through in this video. We will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. We will continue to drive one unified Bungie community and our games will continue to be where our community is wherever they choose to play. With SIE support, the most immediate change you will see is an acceleration in hiring talent across the entire studio to support our ambitious vision. Here's what you're going to see. Sony's going to hurl some money at us and try to get us up to speed as quickly as possible for what we want to do, which is to dominate multimedia entertainment. All right, go nuts, Bungie. Let's see what you got. Empowered by our people, we have pushed the boundaries of what we thought was possible and transformed who we are as a company. More than anything, Sony understands that our people and our community are both the priority and the heart of our success and are willing to stand alongside us as we continue to use our platform to drive action towards a more welcoming and equitable world. Our goal is to build a place where the world's most creative and talented people can come and do their best work no matter who they are, where they are from, or how they identify. Which is an interesting paragraph in the middle of all this, talking about their people, talking about the folks that work at Bungie, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how exactly that winds up correlating with some of the stuff that we talked about at the top of this video, particularly some of the accusations that have been made about how the company operates, particularly in the face of how they immediately commented on Activision's situation in the summer slash fall of last year. Now, I promised you we'd look at the fact as well. It's pretty much the same kind of concept, but you do see confirmation that when they say independent, they apparently mean independent. As a Destiny 2 player, does Bungie becoming part of PlayStation have any immediate impact? No. Our commitment to Destiny 2 as a multi-platform game with full crossplay remains unchanged. We want you to play Witch Queen on the platform of your choice. 
Will non-platform PlayStation platforms be impacted? No. We want to maintain the same great experience you have on the platform of your choice. Will any announced seasons be changed? No. Everything's unchanged through at least the final shape in 2024. Will Witch Queen include platform exclusives? No. Will cross-platform be changed or removed? No. Bungie has future games in development. Will they now become PlayStation exclusives? No. We want the worlds we are creating to extend to anywhere people play games. We will continue to be self-published, creatively independent, and we will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. This purchase is not made to go and hide things from Microsoft and the Xbox community. Bungie apparently would not allow it in their contract negotiations. And I say that not because I was sitting in the room when these things were discussed, but because Sony on their side of the table would always want at least the option to evaluate the return on investment of these kinds of moves. Not to say that they would necessarily take them because as I said, Destiny's value is in its network effects. We don't know what the future games in development are, but they might be the same. Nevertheless, Sony has given up, according to these statements and what we saw in the press release, the right to control their own destiny on how Bungie operates and sell its products into the marketplace in order to get Bungie to the table at all. And I tweeted out that this was just a bizarre set of circumstances for a transaction of this type. And I mean it when I say that. I can't recall any kind of transaction that looks the way this does. And I very much hope that this turns out great for all parties involved. More games, better games, better content, more resources. Fantastic for everybody. Microsoft, Nintendo, PlayStation, whomever you choose to play your games with. But I do grow concerned when you do have a company that has evidenced a problem with working with any kind of notes, any kind of ownership. And regardless of whether Sony has ultimate say, they almost certainly have a board observer right, the ability to sit in on those meetings, see how things are going, the right to have a phone call with people, evaluate things, maybe recommend certain directions, even if Bungie gets final say. And how that will interact, how that will work in the context of a company that was clearly so concerned about what Sony might do that they made it a part of the contract itself means that this particular transaction, from my perspective, sitting on the outside looking in, seems enormously likely to cause friction and potentially major friction if virtually anything goes wrong at any point in the future on this. So, yes, we live in an era of consolidation and acquisitions and combinations, and that is unlikely to change in the future. But I would be very surprised if we saw a transaction that looked anything like this. Now, the last thing I will leave you with is a number of people ask me, well, you say that this is a response to Call of Duty, and I, I think that it is, uh, but that couldn't have possibly happened. You don't have a $3.6 billion acquisition happen in the course of two weeks. That's right. You have talks with everybody. Some of those are going to progress further and faster than the ones that happened before. But one of the things that's enormously clarifying and that gets deals done and signature on pages is massive industry events or other news items. When the pandemic happened, deals either shut down or they accelerated. These kinds of things make people reevaluate their positions. And if maybe Bungie didn't want to sell for 3.6, but they wanted to sell for 3.8 and this happened and they said, okay, let's just get this done or the opposite. Sony didn't want to buy at 3.6. They wanted to buy at 3.3. They say, well, okay, you know what? Forget it. $300 million isn't worth worrying about. We'll give you your 3.6. Let's sign this up now. So yes, they were talking about this before Microsoft and Activision announced their deal. But a deal of that size, 
I'd be pretty surprised if Sony didn't have someone in some background telling them that that was happening at the same time. So all of this happens in a kind of morass and mess that occurs simultaneously across these various industry players. And do I think this deal gets done right now because it's important for Sony to avoid giving Microsoft extra leverage in the race to get Game Pass subscription as a service revenue in the door with whatever Sony might otherwise call it? I do. And watching this and the risk that Sony has taken will be very, very interesting both now and in the future. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about video games, technology, software, and more through the lens of business and law, please consider supporting the channel. We can't do it without support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got a Patreon. Check that out. Very reasonable tiers, I think. So please do visit that. The link is in the description of this video. There's also other ways to support the channel listed in that description. Otherwise, just subscribing. Subscribing to Season Gaming and the BitCast, as I mentioned at the top of this video. Telling your friends that we're here having intelligent, analytical conversations about the news that matters to you following this industry. Every single little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. 